Thank you for listening to our podcast. Imagine yourself bending down and picking up a rock. What do you see? There is a story that has been told and retold. It is a story that began in Africa. When diamonds were discovered on the continent, it set off a gold rush of sorts as people poured into the area looking to strike it rich. One man who had been a farmer for years decided it was his time to be rich. He sold his farm and set off on his search for diamonds and a diamond mine. After years, the man died, disappointed and disillusioned because he never found any diamonds. However, the man that bought the farmer's land continued to farm. One day he saw a shiny rock in the stream that ran through the property and picked it up. He liked it, so he took it home and placed it on his mantle. A few months later, a visitor in his home noticed the rock and looked at it more closely. Do you know what this is? He asked the landholder. No, I just thought it was pretty. The stream is full of rocks just like it. It turned out that the pretty rock was a diamond and that the land that the first farmer sold so he could go off in search of diamonds contained acres of diamonds. That story, sometimes referred to as the Acres of Diamonds story, is often told in personal development classes and books. It is used to illustrate ideas like, the place to begin to change is at home, or the importance of recognizing opportunities that are close by. The use of stories is one of the oldest forms of teaching. Storytelling can help put difficult concepts into a more familiar and comfortable context for a student. It often makes applying a concept easier and can help someone from feeling picked on or belittled by the teacher. It also helps people remember the lessons. Stories can transcend time and culture. We can understand the desire to search for diamonds even if we have never done it ourselves. It is the timelessness of stories and storytelling that can connect us with a teacher and storyteller from 2,000 years ago. Jesus spent over three years talking to and teaching people. He often used stories to introduce or develop concepts and ideas to those listening. Some of those stories are referred to as the parables of Jesus. A story does not have to be long to be effective in communicating its message. Here is one that is only one verse long. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Stories of found treasure were not uncommon at the time. In the ancient world, when an army marched through an area, they would pillage and steal anything and everything they could find. A landowner, knowing that they were in the path of an army, might hide his money in the ground hoping to recover it when the army passed by. But if the landowner was killed, the treasure could lay hidden for years until a complete stranger, maybe plowing in that area, stumbled upon it. Stories of someone finding money unexpectedly would get around pretty quick, so everyone would have heard about it and would have imagined the same thing happening to them. But the story that Jesus tells is not a story about how to prospect for gold or diamonds. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a found treasure. And what the story describes is what someone would do to acquire it. He says the man found something and upon further examination 
realized what it was and reacted with joy and did what was necessary to obtain it. Jesus says that you may not be actively looking for God, but when the genuine article comes into view, would you be willing to take action? It was winter in New York when a man, waiting to cross the street, noticed an envelope half buried in the snow. Thinking it did not look like normal street trash, he picked it up and put it in his pocket. While having lunch, he remembered the envelope and decided to take a closer look. Much to his shock, the envelope contained financial securities worth over $30 million. This man did not go looking for bearer bonds in the snow, but recognized something different and investigated further. He was willing to take a moment to examine the facts and by doing so, discovered something wonderful. Jesus does not ask anyone to become a believer without examining the facts. We talked in one of our earlier podcasts about Paul's speech on Mars Hill. In that speech, he spoke of evidence that the God he proclaimed was real. Put that in the context of this parable. Many listening to Paul dismissed what he had to say out of hand and walked away. But others did not. They wanted to hear more. They wanted to examine the evidence and then make an informed choice. In the parable of Jesus, we can imagine the farmer's plow hitting something that made a different sound or somehow felt different. What was it? If he had not stopped and looked further, he would have missed the treasure. But there is another element to the story. Once he discovered the treasure, the man realized he had no right to it. It was not his field. But now, realizing what he had discovered, he was willing to sell everything he owned to acquire the land and the treasure it contained as his own. But stumbling into it is not the only way to discover something of great value. A woman saw a table at a garage sale. It looked like other colonial furniture she had seen, and after looking it over, bought the table for $20. When she had the table appraised, they told her she had a good eye and that they estimated the garage sale table was worth a quarter of a million dollars. But the appraisers were wrong. When the table was sold at auction, it sold for over half a million dollars. Think of how many garage sales that woman may have visited and how many tables she had looked at over the years. Think about how much time she had invested in looking, learning, and searching for antiques. She was actively searching. Right after the story of the treasure in the field, Jesus tells another story. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and bought it. Unlike the farmer plowing away, unaware of what was hidden there, this story tells of a merchant that was looking for something extraordinary. And what he found, that one pearl, outshone all the rest that he had ever seen. He approached the search with knowledge and with tenacity, and had devoted himself to the task. Similar to the man Jesus mentioned earlier, the pearl merchant found an extraordinary treasure and sold everything he owned to obtain it. This is what he had invested his life to find, and he would not let it get away. But Jesus is not talking about land speculation or praising fine pearls. His topic is the kingdom of heaven. 
Jesus tells these two parables back to back, and they are quite similar. In both stories, a great treasure is found and acquired. But there is a difference too. The principal difference is why the treasure was found. In the first, the story of the farmer, it was found by accident. The circumstances brought the treasure and the farmer together. The action he took was to make the commitment to buy the land so he could have the right to the treasure. In the second story, the pearl merchant was searching. In fact, he had been searching a long time for the pearl worthy of his effort. Like the woman learning about furniture, his action was based in both desire and knowledge. He was looking for the genuine article, and when he found it, he acted on it. The common thread of the stories was not just the kingdom of heaven as a treasure, but the willingness of both individuals to take action to acquire it. This term, the kingdom of heaven, sometimes throws people off. Earlier in the book of Matthew, before we read the stories of the farmer and the pearl merchant, Matthew records that Jesus was traveling around and talking to people about the good news that God's kingdom was here. One of the key elements of what Jesus taught was about the blessing the king would bring to those who chose to recognize and follow God's appointed king. In both stories, Jesus says that to be a part of the kingdom of heaven is to be a part of something great and rich. It is something worth everything that we own, everything that we are, everything that we think. But the term kingdom of heaven is not just a label, but a sense of the how not just the what. Let me explain. A petition was circulated on a large college campus asking that the government ban a dangerous chemical compound that they called dihydrogen monoxide, a compound that was highly corrosive and responsible for the deaths of thousands of people. Hundreds signed the petition, but the petition was an April Fool's joke because dihydrogen monoxide is another word for water. Because they were caught up by the name, the students had tried to ban water. People can call themselves believers, disciples, Christians, or even the kingdom of heaven. But that does not make them so. To know what we are and what we have is to know the source and what makes it unique. The kingdom of heaven is the nation that is ruled by God ordered by God, that honors God. Peter the Apostle said it this way, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What Peter describes is a people with a new identity. He speaks of race, but not as everyone being different, but being the same race. How can that be? The answer is, they now have the same father. Those that are God's children are one race. He says they are all priests. There is no special class or status, but all are called to serve, but not just priests but he describes them as royal priests, those that serve the king. Peter tells us that they are a nation, 
A nation is a group unified by common law, common rule, and common values. Those rules, laws, and values set them apart and make them different. The rest of the verse speaks of them being held by God for a purpose. That purpose is to tell others about the truth and about the mercy of God, and that others can be a part of a race, a priesthood, and a nation, shaped and led by God and His King. That's right. The race, priesthood, and nation can also be described as being a part of the rule of the King of Heaven, the Kingdom of Heaven. How good is that? We already listened to Jesus tell us two stories about that very thing. It is a treasure. You might have stumbled upon it by accident, or you might have been passionately searching for it. But it is a treasure nonetheless. So, imagine yourself picking up a rock. It may be that there are acres of diamonds right in front of you. Pick it up and look. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want additional information, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or on our website at truthseekers.org. That's truthseekers.org. Thank you.